0: Hello, this is Jeff Windsor and this is Lucky Words, a podcast where we talk about culture, art, and a good deal of poetry. Ideally, all while we're outdoors doing something cool. It is the most beautiful day of the year so far. It's warm, it's sunny. I've been out hiking now for a couple of hours. I'm in, I think it's the Little Baldy Trail, number 33. I don't know, I've been out here for a couple of hours and I'm kind of sweaty right now, but it is so nice. And I brought my recorder and I brought my book. Isn't that handy? And I thought I would record the most famous poem of Shakespeare's, I would say. This is another one of his sonnets. Last time we did sonnet number three, one of his procreation sonnets. But today I'm going to do sonnet number 18. You will recognize this immediately once I start. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, And often is his gold complexion dimmed, And every fair from fair sometime declines, By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, When in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Now this, as you are, I'm sure, aware, one of Shakespeare's sonnets, written also to the handsome young man, as was sonnet number three, but this one talking about physical beauty and just saying, wow, you are so, so beautiful so good-looking." And there's all these comparisons to, you know, summer, while great, has its flaws. So, rough winds, uh, summer is too short, sometimes it's too hot, sometimes it's overcast. And he says, And every fair from fair sometime declines by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. That everything that is beautiful or fair or perfect will be diminished, will be decreased. And so he's saying, you are beautiful, you are perfect. Summer has its flaws, but you have none. In the second line, thou art more lovely and more temperate. But what gets remembered about this poem and what gets talked about this in uh, school classrooms are those last couple of lines. So long as men can breathe, or eyes can see, so long lives this and this gives life to thee. And the teacher points out, of course, that the poem lives forever and the poem will stand as a testament of greatness and beauty even after the handsome young man is no longer handsome, or in our case, even alive, that he is dead, but the poem lives on, and the poem becomes the vehicle for eternal life, that it is everlasting and evergreen, even though, like a summer's day, people cannot last forever. Now, while this might be clever, it is hardly original. It is a move made by many poets before Shakespeare. And everybody at Shakespeare's time in reading this would have said, oh, yeah, that move. They would have seen it and recognized it. We simply remember it and take note of it because it's Shakespeare. And of course, if Shakespeare does anything, it must be brilliant. Although in this case, it's kind of derivative. That does not change the fact that it's still a great poem. That long comparison and the building up of the handsome young man, boy, it really just works, doesn't it? Sonnet 18, interestingly, is the first of the sonnets which is not, as I mentioned before, a procreation sonnet. It is not telling the handsome young man to have children. A person who starts reading at the beginning, reads the first one and says, oh, have babies, the second. Oh, have babies, have babies, have babies, have babies. This one, there is that shift. And instead of talking about you are going to die and so you need to have children, instead he says, you're going to die, but I'm gonna write a poem about you or poems about you. And that shift gives us, perhaps, our first look into what might be seen as a narrative in these sonnets, where Shakespeare is changing his tactic, saying, well, okay, that's not going to work. You haven't got anybody pregnant yet, you don't have any children, and so let's change to something else. It's this surprising change—surprising if you've already read 17 sonnets in a row all about the same thing. Stephen Booth says it is this sonnet that provides the argument that the first 126 sonnets are all about the same person. They're all about the handsome young man. Now there are some sonnets in the middle that are ambiguous, who they are about. We'll get to that later. Now I should point out here, just in terms of adding some extra context, that the sonnet as a form is obviously quite old but in Shakespeare's life, there became this kind of uh, trend. It was this fad for writing whole books of sonnets, a whole bunch of sonnets all around one sort of central theme. Some of them, like Sidney's Astrophil and Stella, are very clear. There is Astrophil, the lover of the sky or lover of the heavens, and Stella, the star, who is the beloved. And In that book of poems, the speaker is writing all about his one beloved. Of course, this goes back to Petrarch, who is the father of the sonnet, as far as we are concerned, and all of his about his single beloved also. He wrote to Laura. Man, he loved Laura and wrote hundreds of sonnets to her. Uh, There were other books of sonnets as well, large volumes. All of these coming out in the late 1590s, early 1600s. Shakespeare's comes out in 1609. He's about 10 years late to the party. This trend had grown and peaked and started to decline and then had fully declined. And then Shakespeare's like, hey, I did a book of sonnets too. It is weird that his timing is so off. There are other weird things about this as well but we can tell that shakespeare in writing a book of sonnets stepped away from his his background as a playwright because playwrights they're kind of low class they're it's kind of a crass art form or at least was considered at the time that if you were involved in the theater you were doing something i don't know kind of kind of dirty kind of unrespectable but the sonnet Poetry? That is what classy people did. And so Shakespeare's writing this in a bid to become more classy. But it feels a little tone-deaf to have a collection of sonnets come out ten years late. Maybe, you know, they didn't see it in the same arc that we do. Having the perspective of history to look back on and see that Shakespeare missed it, maybe what Shakespeare saw was... An initial spike in popularity and then he was going to catch it on the next wave which never fully materializes. Now Shakespeare being Shakespeare is a master of the form. He owns this and he can write with a better ear than anybody. His poetry sounds so good. They're not the most artful, they're not the most clever, and we'll see as we continue, they don't hold together with the same strength. They don't have quite the same narrative that other sonnet sequences can pull off. But as individual examples, each one is just a beautiful little compact nugget of poetry goodness. So let's enjoy, on this beautiful day, in this beautiful place, under the warm sun, with the blue sky, almost no breeze, uh, what I would hope would be a perfect summer day. Sonnet number 18. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, And often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade When in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, So long lives this. And this gives life to thee. Lucky Words is a one-man show. It's just me. Typically recorded somewhere here near my home in Utah, sometimes traveling out and about. Always recorded outdoors and typically in a single take. If you'd like to read the text of today's poem or any of the other poems or anything else, some quotes about art or the outdoors, if you'd like to read some essays that I've written, it's all available at JeffreyWindsor.net.